You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we are rewriting history with Quentin Tarantino and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are puke. Sound off like you got a pair. <laughs> we have a full crew tonight. Uh, we're your host. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Jeremy Benson. Hey. Jerry Callen. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good. And Wahid Alkalazme. Hello, hello. All of us. How many episodes did this fucking take, guys? I've done over 50, and I've never looked to my left before. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We, 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 we've done a foursome before. Uh, there was one other foursome. I can't remember which one it, it was. It wasn't with but... me, though. No. It's it my, must have been with somebody on the phone. It's my I don't first think we've ever had four people with, maybe in, with the same dudes room. in the same room. Yeah. Oh shit! This is kind of sexy. Uh, uh, and talking we're being about very diverse. that, I mean, you know, the, the <laughs> film is kind of about you know male bonding. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a little buddy thing. Yeah, four buddies. Totally. Two, two bald, two with hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Goodness. I've been balding, and I actually started using this new. Uh, this new thickening cream you're supposed to use every other day. So we'll see how it goes, guys. Look, dude, I got some clippers. You can come over. No, no, Brian. I'm not ready to go there yet. I'll take care of it for you, Fucking Jared's going to look like Brad Pitt by the end of his, like, keto diet and that shit. As soon as I get that going. Dude, if I can look as sexy as Brad Pitt does now, like, how old is he? He's got to be 60, right? No. No. 50s. Like 49, 50. Yeah, something like that. Is he? Okay. Anyway, still, that's a sexy looking 50 year old man. Oh, Fuck yeah, you, man. When he took his shirt off for the, this movie, you know. Yeah, I got so wet. He was man. working on that for a while. <laughs> My balls got so wet, it was crazy. I was in the gym, man, for fucking six weeks every day. Fucking five hours. Oh. He's so cool in this movie. He's the best part in this film, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, before we Whoa. get straight yeah. up into I it, I thought he stole the movie too. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Go, look, go ahead and throw out spoiler all right, warning. All right, all right. Quick guess. How, how old is Brad Pitt? I got it pulled. Uh, I'm gonna say 53. Eh, 51. 49. 55. Whoa! Damn. Damn. He ages well. Will be good. 56 on December 18th. 
damn. He's wow. close to Jesus' birthday. He looked like Jesus too. <laughs> he was like he was like Tom Cruise. How, how you do that chest thing at fifty? <laughs> What's up, dude? He's got good hair too. We wow. we, we go way back to uh, you know. Interview with the vampire, please. You know, he looked hot and sexy back then. He's like, he's like what's the secret? <laughs> he's like, Brad, let me sit you down and tell you about Scientology. Oh. <laughs> it always has to come back in every fucking episode, one way or another. That and Frank Darapont. Like, yeah. It's either Scientology or that. It's all the cigarettes and keto diet. You think so? Well, you know, with Charlie Manson, you know, that would be appropriate yeah. to bring up, you know, Scientology. There you go. That is, that is true. Was Charles Manson a Scientologist? He used some of uh, Scientology's uh, tactics no way. in yeah. recruiting people. Yeah. Yeah. As well as pimps and... Um, I thought he just lured them with, like, well. underage hippie girls. <laughs> well, that, I mean, you know, know, that's where he's pimping. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, sending them out to fishing, you know, basically, into the city. Spoiler warnings. I mean, we're we're going we're gonna to talk about the ending of the movie. So let's go ahead yeah. and just get this out of the way right now. You, you, you can't talk about this film and not spoil the film right away. I mean, like, you, you really can't. So now you've been warned. Okay. Yeah. This movie feels like a really long setup to a joke. A single joke. It's like it's, we're, we're going to do a three-hour setup to one joke. That as the joke starts to happen, you're like, "Am I in a weird fucking Twilight Zone?" So it also feels like a really fucked up Twilight Zone episode, and it's kind of like Quentin Tarantino's just jerking off on our face the whole time for one joke at the end. Am I wrong? Um, not. What do you think, Brian? <laughs> when you boil it down, just I mean, to, just to that, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I put it, you know, in quite in those words, but yeah, yeah I okay. Do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> but, yeah, you're, I guess, yes, you're right. Kind okay. of. Okay. Although, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a joke, though. It's not really a joke. It, no. It's, the, it's the so, ending seems funny. It's so brutal that it's absurd. And, and that it's it's funny. You can't help but laugh. Yeah. And I, I don't know. What, what does that say about us, though? No. We're laughing about that. Well, that it is played for comedy. It's totally it is, played for it comedy. Is. I, absolutely, it, it is. It is definitely like a buddy comedy. It that, makes you think about, like, why you're <laughs> laughing at things. It is. Well, like, there's even a moment in the movie where I, I felt bad about laughing when uh, Brad Pitt's like, man, don't, Leonardo DiCaprio, don't cry in front of the Mexicans. He was like, don't cry in front of the Mexicans. Dude, everybody dude. in the theater laughed at that. I was like, I thought it was funny. That's, dude, it is funny. The, the, That's the, a joke. The, the Mexican family behind it's us kinda, fucking laughed at it. It's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of comfortable dude, you, you, too. No, 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 yo, stop it, Brian. No. You're yeah. getting to be like everybody else in this fucking country and like, where you, <laughs> you get into, you, you, everything bothers hey, you. Hey, well, no, no. And they call it out in the movie. No, when you call That's it out, when you have a character in your film, call it out and be like, hey, no, we're going to go kill this made up character that DiCaprio's playing, the Dalton guy. What is his name? Rick Dalton? Yeah. We're going to go kill him because he was in violent movies and that made us violent and look it's a cycle man yeah. and then when she's going crazy in the backseat of the right. car no that once you put that line in the movie yeah i'm gonna think about that shit <laughs> how can i not right i'm gonna reflect on everything and i mean he obviously put that line in there for a reason yeah because right. everyone fucking criticizes his films for being so violent that they fucking inspire violence even though i don't remember that being like in the the manson family mantra ever not not, not that uh, i'm an expert on it but from say, what i, yeah, I think, think manson know. did harp on Violence and media, and mm-hmm. really, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Even though he became violent, he had and so media. many different reasons for like, oh, it's a, it's a really a, a race war, and he's a, he's a con man, man. He's gonna like right. come up with whatever whatever situation fits it at the moment. That's yeah. his mo, man. If you don't know about the Manson family murders, are you gonna get this movie at all? Um, oh no, dude. No. If you show this to a sixteen-year-old that don't know shit about what fucking happened in 1969 and they don't know about who Roman Polanski is or Sharon Tate or any of that shit, they're going to be like, 
what the fuck is this? I don't get it. Well, Wikipedia the, it, articles it, are just going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, can, it can play. Citation needed. Citation needed. I don't, I don't think you necessarily need to know that. That just adds the other layer on it, you know? Yeah. Well, where, where you get the Twilight zone aspect of it. Well, I, do you? Um, but Man, I think you'd miss a lot. I think what I'm saying movie, is I think you could watch it and let it go over you, and you don't have to necessarily know that. But I think you miss the tension that he's building on letting you know the time and date. Like, it's coming. It's coming. Right. And... I mean, it plays like it's going to be this, you know, kind of fun little look at this actor's life with a bad ending. Yeah, but right. If you don't know about what happens, like, what do you think Sharon Tate's in the movie for? Like, wouldn't that really be confusing? Because she never interacts well, with the guys yeah, until yeah. the very <laughs> end of the... <laughs> and, and, no, 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 neighbor, no, no, but she's hot. Yeah, she is super No, no, but she, no, I mean... I, an, in, an intellectual person would see her as uh, the innocence of the film, right? Because she was actually innocent in real life when that happened, when, when she and, you know, her unborn child were murdered. And so she still represents that. Like, you know, the, the whole scene where she goes and she's with um, legend of an actor. Um, she, the film she did with him. Um, she goes, that scene where she goes Dean to... Martin? Dean Martin. Martin. she there, goes yeah. and watches her own movie. Her own movie. Yeah. And That's she, and, like and, the and, best and, fucking scene. It is. And, and, and she's so happy to see all these people happy with her work and all that stuff. I mean, there's so much like... What's what's the word? Uh, prestige um, in, in this film, you know, where, where he's like uh, celebrating um, the old Hollywood and, and how people interacted with it and all that stuff. That that part when I saw that I was like oh to me that's when I was like oh shit this is gonna be awesome we're not gonna see any of the fucking Manson killings and <laughs> shit like that some shit is gonna go awry where our two fictional characters are gonna take care of it you know what right. I'm saying like immediately when I saw that scene I was like oh he's gonna try to maintain that innocence to kind of like show you like if that happened back then and it happened that way maybe we still have Sharon Tate nowadays you know. And Roman Polanski would have never raped a 13-year-old and had to escape to fucking Europe and would have had Roman Polanski making American films until now. <laughs> what would have been? You know. Either that or they'd have got divorced, he'd have raped a 13-year-old, and we fucking... still have Sharon Tate, but not Roman Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jeremy, so right. <laughs> hey, actually, you should make a movie about that, Jeremy. You should. That, that should be your next movie. Do do an reimagination of uh, Once Upon in Hollywood Part Two. <laughs> there you go. Where it would be yesterday, but I don't know what the title would be for Roman Polanski's life. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, Jerry, don't think about it too hard. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. I was going to say statutory aped, but uh, I was trying to come around somewhere else. <laughs> um, oh man. <laughs> That's pretty good. You know. Oh, if enough movie industry people start listening to this podcast, I don't think any of us are going to get hired by the shit we say on this thing. Ah, uh, they talk about the same stuff. Yeah. yeah, but they don't do it on a podcast. The views <laughs> of the Movie Crew podcast are not necessarily... <laughs> they are not endorsement of everyone here yeah, in their yeah, room. So. If it comes out of your mouth, you endorse it yourself, man. we, we got to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk, let's talk about this film. What is this film? I, I want to hear everyone. I, I, I'm looking at Jeremy. I want to know, what do you think? What, what is this film to you, Jeremy? Uh, I think this was Quentin Tarantino doing a character study on a middle-aged actor while also playing the what-if game with Sharon Tate. Jared? You don't think this was his, his love letter to Sharon Tate? Like, like this is him opening up, you know, and coming out, and it, it's kind of everything's based around her, even though she's not really even. Man, dude, it's the first time I've ever seen Sharon Tate, like uh, as a person. 
Well, celebrated for like her work. Yeah. yeah. And, and she, being an actress as opposed to being a victim, or yeah. right, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. That's what I'm saying, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of throwing a little light. On, like, obviously, he loves her, and you know, it's kind of. I agree with that. It's this weird little, this weird little thing that's kind of moving around her life in a really odd way. <laughs> yeah, we, we we remember her for the wrong reasons. Yeah. What about you? Well, I, I struggle with the the Sharon Tate part. I, you know, like I get the idea, like, like you said, you know, it's it's a fairy tale of these people in their middle age dealing with their life. I, mean, I just feel like I don't. To me, like I, as somebody that has written and directed stuff, I feel like he was wanting to tell more of a character story, like of the you know, like that person and what those people are going through, and needed some sort of plot to tie it together. Fucking A, totally agree with you. To me, this is a more mature, I'm going to make this a financial success as well, Jackie Brown. And he tied the whole Sharon Tate fucking aspect into it just to have the plot. Totally agree with you. It's a total character study. You don't study. think it started there? You what? don't think it started with the, like, he's hey, like, hey, he's saying, hey, you know what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like, I'm going to like change, you know, because this is the end of, end of the golden age in Hollywood and I'm going to change that. What if that never happened? No, 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 no. The end of golden age of Hollywood happened before that. 69 was the new fucking revolution of Hollywood and all those actors were already just, you know, like the whole thing with, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like, shit, I'm so old Hollywood. I have a hot ass director living above me. He doesn't even know who the fuck I am. You know right. that was the, that's the sad part of it. But I, I totally agree with Jeremy Benson's assessment on this film. Like this was definitely his like character study. I need a little plot. We'll twist it together. I put some Tarantinoism into it. Wait, hold and, uh, on. I don't know. think the movie has any plot at all. No, I mean I, I agree. <laughs> with you. This movie has no plot. This I, is just story. I, I I agree with you to the extent of the. The plot revolves around: Are they going to get killed or not? No, the, the, there's plots in this movie, and they last for maybe two scenes Set together. It up, knock it down. Yeah, and then they're done. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all just like, look, we're gonna sh- we're gonna show it's you all character all this building stuff. up until yeah. up until exactly. the moment. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I, to me, it just, it, I'm repeating myself. It's a hangout again. movie. It feels like, like if you if you pull the Tarantino ness out of it, buddy director was sitting there going, "Man, I, w- I just want to make a movie about a middle aged actor." And a stunt guy that they're buddies. Well, how are you going to make that interesting? What if they live next door to Sharon Tate right before the murder? But no, I think I mean, that, all I think of that's it, great. I, all think, of it's I think it's more complicated it's, it's, than that, though. I don't think it's just like he's laying it on as a plot because even every time you see Sharon Tate, it's we get. I'm talking about the the birth idea of the movie. No, Final I, I, I finish that thought. Every I time you see Sharon Tate, every time you see Sharon Tate, you also see the guys. And then when the guys are doing something, then we go back to Sharon Tate. Even in the beginning of the film, we're intercutting with them getting in the car and Sharon but all Tate of her arriving. Scenes are so flat. She's not talking to anybody. She's, she's not. not she's, she's just kind of floating through scenes, yeah, which she's is really weird. Experiencing life, yeah, because she is on the up of her career, and these guys are on the down of theirs. Yeah. Right. Brad Pitt doesn't give a fuck, and Leonardo DiCaprio is a melodramatic actor about it. Right. He very much cares. Oh, right, right, right. So, like, what are we? What are we saying between these three people? Are we just showing three people that are in Tinseltown that are going through like this is what yeah. your acting career looks like at this stage, and this is what this looks like at this stage? Oh, and because this is in the '60s, and we're showing all this stuff I love from the '60s: the spaghetti westerns, the TV shows. Oh my God, so much TV love here! It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. And then it's like I, we're going to cap, cap it off with the uh, the Manson family because that was. In the 60s, probably the biggest event that touched Hollywood. Yeah, it ended, it capped that decade. And he's like, I'm going to highlight all of that. And you know, like, dude, there's nothing wrong with any of that. 
to me, just like, I don't know, it, it didn't feel like a Tarantino film to like the last 40 minutes of the film. Like, I don't know. The dialogue <clears throat> was not as witty. I know. applaud. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. You know, being able to switch directions as a director. I feel like his last few movies has been, and I said it before, I feel like he's been trying to be a little too Tarantino-ish. Yes. And when Tarantino tries to make a Tarantino film, I think it fails a little bit. To me, this was this was a mature step forward in telling in storytelling. I agree. I mean, dude, you know the whole the whole buddy uh, buddy comedy thing between the two of them, the you know um, DiCaprio and and uh, Brad Pitt's characters, man, that shit was awesome. Their panters and all that stuff, and you know, like when he drops when when um, okay, so. Just to rephrase, if you haven't seen this film, but you're listening somehow right now because we <laughs> spoiled the fuck out of it, um, Brad Pitt is basically just a golfer at this point. Like he was a stuntman at some point. He <laughs> he, he fucked Bruce Lee up. That was hilarious. <laughs> he just basically stopped working as a stuntman, and uh, you know, right, let's, let's hold on that scene yeah. for a second because you said like. It didn't have his like standard Tarantino dialogue, but yeah. the dialogue here is really good. Like it's it, partly it, what makes the movie great. It is. It's, it's a different Tarantino. It's 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 not the witty um, for the sake of witty. And I'm gonna reference all this like you know cultural yeah, they're, stuff. They're not sitting having conversations about what's a quarter pounder called in yeah. in France, but the dialogue fits the scenes exactly. I mean, just like the one with Bruce Lee when she's yelling, like, I just turned this corner and this guy was beating the crap out of Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee's like, oh, well, he didn't beat the crap out of me. <laughs> and then Brad Pitt's line of, like, well, the dent in the car. Like, he's proud of I this. I threw that little fucker in there. <laughs> you fucked my car up. What'd you do to my car? Well, to be fair, I didn't know it was your car. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with fucked. you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought, you know, dialogue-wise and acting, this was... Holy shit. We're talking about acting. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no. It's fine. God damn, man. Even fucking, like, scenes were, like, 30 seconds long, like fucking Steve McQueen is by Damian Lewis, the guy that was, like, in uh, Homeland and in Billions, you know? Fucking really good actors, man. And just, like, he got, like... Just for a like, glimpse. Yeah, just for a glimpse. Like, fucking Luke Perry's not even in the fucking thing. It's just his fucking voice. Kurt Russell, he voices no, the whole no, thing. No, Luke Perry's in it. He's in it. Well, I mean, he, he glimpses it, and he's just like... He's, he's got one scene, he gets down, yeah. and he's got, he's walking with a limp and all that. Yeah, with the girl, you yeah. know, he's like, you know... He's, yeah. like, uh, you know, he's the older brother Lancer from Boston. <laughs> 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 Is he from Boston? I don't know. <laughs> Are you from Boston? <laughs> you Bostonian? Uh, that girl was badass, man. That girl that was giving Leonardo DiCaprio a lesson in method acting. <laughs> oh man, the little the little girl. <laughs> yeah, oh man, that was that funny, was dude. That was to me one of the best scenes in the fucking film, oh, man. Yeah. That was DiCaprio. That's one of his best scenes, dude. When that whole scene where after after she comes up, she's like, "That's some of the best acting I've ever seen." Dude, he's fucking nailing it in those scenes, man. Yeah. Oh, he's fuck acting yeah. his ass off. That whole sequence where they're doing that dolly around and he forgets yeah. his line and he's like, "Line." Line, and you can hear the director going, "Just go, just go," and the and then the camera dollies back right. again to like one, and it's all in one shot. Yeah. You know, to me, I, I don't know if you guys remember when we saw it. Uh, I was telling you like, 
to me, I lost the fact that, you know, some of those shots were not very very Tarantino-esque, you know, except, like, when I saw that doll. Yeah, the, the car shots for sure. But when yeah. I saw when I saw that dolly shot, I'm like, ah, that's definitely a Tarantino move right there. But that it's was such awesome. a good moment yeah. in there because it's been building for so long. You've been in the yeah. you've been in the movie. It's a TV show, but you've been in it's shot like a movie though. But you've been in the movie, and uh, it's it's like wow. And then that's such a great beat to do yeah. that. You know, yeah. I, th- I thought it was a weird choice that he sh- just decided to shoot that like in the. And you know the two, three, five, like well, we're actually uh, in a movie as yeah. opposed to being in the movie. In There's the a TV movie shows. called Living in Oblivion. They did that. Yeah. Well, they I did mean, what they 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 were shooting a movie in it, and then it cuts in, and you're actually like you like it's like you're watching it, and then they cut out of it. The same. Oh, exactly. wait, like, like, Steve Buscemi. Like, yeah. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, like like you're watching a daily. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's exactly. got long hair. Yeah. Uh, dude, 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 <laughs> they, I asked for they, a frame they, line. They go all over the world in this they go from like a you know uh, uh newsreel they go from like 185 to 235 i mean dude they, they fucking switch aspect ratios so much and film stocks yeah, and and films, and all. it's yeah. amazing yeah yeah i do think they do every aspect ratio yeah but it works and it's fucking great and it looks good fucking you know props to the production design on this shit holy fuck it looks so good yeah, they actually uh, transformed the L.A. street. Yeah. <laughs> That's not CGI. Yeah, they had to shoot one way uh, for some months and then come back and do the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, it looked later. great. And dude, I was watching the movie and it's like, there's barely any fucking dialogue. Driving. It's just driving. It's all it is. How many millions of dollars did those driving shots cost? Oh my god, it's so much money. You can imagine the editors like, we could cut out like 10 minutes of driving, and the producers are like, no, No. we pay. (laughs) It stays. It's staying. (laughs) Cut something else out. The kid stays in the picture, bitch. I like how crazily um, Sharon Tate and um, Polanski drive. Oh, yeah. It's just like... like well, you know, they're really they're, hopped the, up. They're, they're they're the young uh, hot stuff in yeah. Hollywood, you know. Oh, he's European too, so you know. He's got to drive like that. Yeah, they drive crazy <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> do do you guys speed. drive crazy in Europe still? Send us an email at the movie crew. That's right, <laughs> movie crew with an extra e. <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask Princess Diane if they drive. Whoa! Why you gotta go to a dark spot, Brian? Jesus, dude! I'm saying, bro, you know. Damn, man, that's like a childhood fucking (laughs) scar for me, man. Why did you have to bring that back up? Sorry, we digress. Okay, auto accident or hit? Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a hit because she was dating an Egyptian brown guy after a divorce from a you know royal family member. Well, at least in the Middle East, that's a conspiracy theory. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck it is over here. Illuminati did it, man. I don't know yeah, what it totally. is in the West, but in the East, it's because she was dating a brown guy. <laughs> Damn, man. Is there a conspiracy theory for fucking everything that happened in the world? Fuck totally. Yeah, bro. And it's different from fucking region to region, too. Talk to agents about, like, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and they'll tell you something that's different than what we tell you over here. Over here, we just like, yeah, hmm. we bombed you. <laughs> <laughs> we're all up to it. <laughs> No, we we never say we're assholes. We're freedom fighters, bro. It's true. Uh, well, we're spe- uh, speaking of the cinematography, uh, it is Robert Richardson. Yes, very famous cinematographer. Uh, we got famous for uh, what is that? Oliver Stone and uh, a bunch of Martin Scorsese flicks. Three time Academy Award winning. Yeah, six Tarantino movie. Fifth. Fifth. Yeah, no, six. You started in Kill Bill. I know that. He yeah. did all one, but two, death proof, three. Death, death yeah, proof six. The one he didn't do. Yeah, dude, but yeah, Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2. Kill uh, Bill, okay, so 
the Fuck fucking that. poster confused movies. the shit out of me because it's like the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. I was like, wait a minute. There's uh, not nine fucking Quentin Tarantino films. It's because he counts Kill Bill as, as one. one movie. Well, that he counts it as that, but I'm sorry. It's two different films on IMDb. It's volume one, volume two. Fuck to that. Which I have to say, so is, is Death Proof and Grindhouse... Are those two different movies? Are those one movie? Or like, how, how are we counting those? Like, what's I don't up know. He was that? a guest director well, on he, he's, that. He's, he's kind of like, count. he's kind of like, he's he said, I'm only going to make ten movies. So he's kind of like, eh, eh, <laughs> this is only one movie right here, and I'm like, really going to count these movies <laughs> on here. And I, you know, I only wrote those. Reservoir you know? Dogs are all one. <laughs> yeah, that's one. Yeah, exactly. Jackie Brown and this one. That's right, one. That's connect. Oh, yeah. we're, we're counting those. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he's gonna make more than ten movies. Come it's on, fuck Hollywood. you, four rooms. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, that didn't count. I'm looking yeah. fucking. I'm fucking looking forward to his novels, man. Because he's like, I'm gonna start writing novels after that one. That's gonna be fucking great. Well, it's you know, be you like watch this pages. fucking movie. Is this not a fucking novel? It is a fucking it novel. It's like uh, perfectly, yeah. like you know, it's like a hundred page book, like perfectly adapted to the screen. Hundred page. Fuck you, bitch. Hundred sixty eight pages. What? No, I'm saying it's like a, of a novel, bro. If you took an under uh, like a hundred page novel and adapted that into a screenplay, that'd be like a hundred sixty page screenplay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I mean, just saying, if you, you know, like, take out the you know. driving shots, yeah, maybe 110 <laughs> pages, but sure. Well, that's why I'm saying this feels like a novel. It's got like everything you. Uh, I feel like you'd want to see. It definitely feels like a novel made made into a movie. Yeah. yeah. For, for the audience, uh, usually when we count out how long the film is going to be, we one page of a film script equals one minute of uh, screen time. Usually, it's not always the case. When when it's action, you know, like Dunkirk, you, you can take thirty pages and turn it into three hours. But you know, that's Christopher Nolan. He's a fucking genius. Well, because well, you know, you write. They bomb the beach. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they that bomb can be the beach. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> what was it? George Lucas uh, used to write. They, they, they fight. fight. They fight. <laughs> they fight. They fight. <laughs> Ten minutes later, they fight. End. <laughs> <laughs> Ten empty pages. What do we put here, George Lucas? I don't fucking know. Some fucking shit that <laughs> That's like the shoots pod up race. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went fast. Yeah, the pod race is like he won. They race. Yeah. <laughs> Crowd cheers. Oh my god! Can you imagine if you're the production designer? You're like, all right, so uh, this part right here, they raced. Um, how does that work, George? Oh, shit, dude. Yeah, he's, he's like got a team of designers. He just sits like, him down. It's like, all right, so uh, you know, this one covers on two engines, and the engines would go. Uh, one will go counterclockwise. The other one goes clockwise. And I then imagine. Like, uh, I guarantee he didn't go that far. I imagine. It went more like this. George, how do you think this looks? Can this be more cool? <laughs> can, we, can we turn this into a sellable toy? I, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, you're the director. Bitch, I made enough I money just, now I that I'm directed. paying you to fucking work it out. I, I just directed. Make it more cool. <laughs> Make it more cool. Uh, oh, sad but true statement. Uh, that is so true. Man, I, okay, so here's the thing. This film, it's so far... I think Jared and I talked about this a little bit outside. Um, I I need a second or a third viewing to really appreciate what it is. Totally. Um, But I I left watching it as my least favorite Tarantino film. Fucking crazy. I know, but let me finish my sentence, bitch. (laughs) Interject him if you're fucking crazy. I woke woke up thinking. Back you up on that. We we saw it last night, and you can hear people leaving going, man, I hated that. People around us did not like it. People don't like People, it's, people it's don't the have the attention yeah. spans, and they can't deal with something that's not normal. But did you wake yeah. up and go, actually, no, this was, like, really fucking mature. Like, that's, I woke yeah. up with that today, going, like, 
I actually still thought about the film. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, dude, yeah. I was thinking, I was replaying all the scenes over yeah. in my head, man. I was like, like, no, this is this I, is like, well, I, fuck I if I, you know, yeah, I'm like, god damn, actually, you know, I'm about to hit middle age in about ten years. Like, fuck, I'll probably start feeling the same shit. Like, it's, it resonated with me more than any of his other films. They've resonated with me because of techniques. This one was story. Well, it, even it, even his little moment where he goes in and he's <laughs> drinking. It's after story he, deep. It's after he fucked his lines up and he goes in and he's like, he's like, you're never doing, we're never going to do this again. And you oh know, yeah, dude, that the, little the, moment, the scene when he was yelling at himself yeah. for being a drunk, amazing. Holy fuck! Oh, in his trailer, in his trailer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I actually like kind of started having feels. That, I mean, that comes right after he's like crying in front of that little girl. So you, <laughs> you know what he's going through. Yeah, like he wants to. <clears throat> no, that scene was before that. No, no, he, no. He, it was Jeremy, after. Jeremy's right. No, no, he cries with the little girl yeah. at, uh, after he. No, no, no. He cries with the little girl before he fucking breaks. So he forgets his no, lines. No, no. He misses. He misses up uh, with no, the that, dolly that's shot. the redemption. Yeah. That's the crying with the little girl is the redemption of of the. Of yeah. the oh, oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. He cries twice. So. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it does. Jer- Jeremy, it, I, I, it's the shot, the dolly shot we're talking yeah. about, where he messes up and he messes up his lines. That's how he rela- he reacts and he goes and he gets mad. Yeah, right? yeah. and yeah. then and he does good with the girl, and the girl says she's where he throws she's her on the ground. When he first meets her, he cries there too. He cries twice. Okay. Yeah, he does cry when the oh, first We're talking her. about when when she's like that's the best that's yeah, the best acting you. I've ever no, seen. I'm talking about when she's reading the he's reading the book and yeah, he, I got you. And he's it's telling about, about the novel and he starts kind of it parodies it, it, it mimics yeah. his life. And she comes over and she's like it must be really, you know, she kind of comforts him. Yeah. And then he goes and screws his line up. Fixes like, his you act, feel the yeah. weight of it just falling on him, but at the same time you're kind of laughing at how egotistical he is. Was he actually reading the book? Yeah, I mean, you know, he flipped know. it. I don't know. He was kind of... Well, he, I think he was more just talking about his life. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like it was, it was pretty spot on. Pretty, pretty autobiographical. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I like how she's like, I don't like names like Pumpkin Puss. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Dude, that girl is a badass, man. Holy like, cow. How, I wonder how they found. I want. I want to know the casting process for that finding that girl. I saw people complaining so about that. About oh, well, the, no, no little girl will act like that. It's kind of like it's kind of like when um, do what now? What's, oh. the, what's that? What's that Ellen Page movie where uh, where she got pregnant? Juno. Juno. You know, about how the people were complaining. Like no, no sixteen year old girl talks okay, like that. This is a fucking movie. It's a movie. Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> like wait, everything else is believable. Like wait, fucking. When did movies supposed to be like realistic? This is what really happens, dude. You know, <laughs> walk that... around Berkeley campus and tell me some little yeah. girl. And uh, fucking some little eight year old girls aren't, aren't like that. Fuck. Well, not eight year old girls. But I mean, nobody leaves Spider Man. Fucking Juno, you telling me they don't want to crawl on walls? Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, dude, fucking audience nowadays are just dumb as fuck lately. Well, I'm it's, sorry it's, if you're listening also, to this podcast and well, you're no, dumb as fuck. They were also complaining well, about how, how the it was, it was just completely uncalled for how how uh, violent the ending was. I was like, what the fuck? People, this is his like, least violent film of all fucking like, it was just times. Like, it's just so brutal. I just, that was completely. I was just like, oh, like flabbergasted. I was like, these people are fucking insane. Could have shown. Yeah. Actual murders oh, are actually more the, brutal. Like, yeah, like what really happened. And right. those are way more brutal than what the fuck. The, this fantasy revenge, in a way, of like these assholes. And the coolest fucking dog in, in cinema ever. Fuck yes, Randy. dude. And oh, hey, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Did we confirm? Is that dog in that Fox film? The, the same the fucking, dog? The same fucking dog? It's just it's like Stuber, I know, yeah. she does. She looks it's, exactly the same. Dude, that is the same fucking dog. I bet it is. Tony, man. It's in the one with the. The Indian dude in it. What the fuck his name? How did they do those damn the dog attacking 
Uh, 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 yeah, Kimani or whatever. He's good. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, how, how the hell they do the dog attacking people, man? That's the most brutal dog attacks Dude, I've that, ever that, seen that, in that's film. That's a well-trained dog, brother. Oh. I have a pit bull. I've, I've spent 110 hours. Yeah. I haven't seen John Wick 3 John yet. John Wick 3, oh, yeah. German Shepherds. There's two of them. Holly Berry owns them. <laughs> Fuck, dude. More <laughs> nuts are bitten off than in any movie in the history of cinema. But Peanut butter. There's a guy in town who trains dogs to do that. Yeah. Dude, I have... It's, it was brutal. My dog, it was amazing. My dog, Charles, I've taught him... I, I spent, like, hundreds and hundreds of fucking hours on him. Like, I can tell him in Arabic, like, Ejum, which means attack. That's the only time he'll bark or go up and fucking bite you right here in the jugular. Never say that around me. Oh, yeah. No, I would. Trust <laughs> but, but hold on a second. How do you say it again? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. And, and, and I have to give him two whistles. I got to go, Ejum. <laughs> and Jared's going to come it. show up yep. at your house and be like, I got to take your dog for a walk. Uh, <laughs> I forgot how to whistle uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, guy was, I shot a commercial for him. He, uh, he trains all the dogs in German. Uh-huh. And... I don't remember the commands, but he let me put on, like, the pads oh, and stuff. That. Yeah. And, he, like, I came out, and the dogs were all just fine. And then yeah. as soon as he went, like, ah, some German word. Yeah. Man, I was on the ground. He's like, he's like, I'll <laughs> He's like, call me. Mm-hmm. And they came. Done. And, dude, no, that's the smartest way. If, if you know another language or at least keywords in another language, that's because that way... You can control it better than you know the common language, yeah. especially like like if you if you actually spend enough time with dogs, especially like German shepherds or pit bulls, they fucking can start understanding like nouns and <laughs> fucking verbs. I'm not kidding, dude. And that's how they got that shit. Um, I did a Zappos commercial where we needed a dog to fucking chew like a a, a, a shoe. You know that couldn't have been too hard, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> no, dude. It is surprisingly fucking hard. Uh, we, we had like, you know, we had to set up 30 of them. But anyways, the dog trainer, uh, basically what she would do is she would, she would like um, not give them any treats for like a week straight before we start. Only like their food, you know. You're a bird dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, pretty fucking much. <laughs> and then when they get on set, she's like, hey, chew. And then when they go, they'll give them a treat afterwards. And it's like, dude, they were like, they were... And that was the worst commercial ever. You're your shoes off and you're walking by? Yeah, that was the worst (laughs) commercial ever because it's fucking like, it was 10 dogs and 5 kids. Holy shit. Worst fucking day of my fucking life. But those dogs behave better than fucking kids. (laughs) Yeah, because they're treat motivated. Did exactly what he told him to do. That's amazing. Yeah. I need to get my dog over to him as soon as possible. You probably <laughs> should, actually, you know? My crazy-ass y- dog. Y- y- I'll show you guys a video anxiety. in a minute yeah. of him freaking out earlier today. It's insane. I, I got a little camera that, that I, I, I put on my dog I cage. I back then. I asked him. He said he, he could train him out of it. Interesting. I need to talk to him. Yeah. I forgot about that until you mentioned how they trained the dog to kill these people. <laughs> but, I mean, it was kind of awesome, though. Maybe want to go somewhere else, Jared. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sit. Oh, no. <laughs> well, to be fair, Boomer doesn't really have any teeth. Just don't watch any German movies. <laughs> <laughs> or Tarantino films. I, said, I, 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 I start watching. Eyes. I start watching Die Hard, and he's like, "Shit, the fence down!" He fucking attacks me out of nowhere. <laughs> No, you shoot the glass. Shoot the glass. <laughs> in English afterwards. <laughs> uh, but the, the, that dog, that dog scene was fucking awesome, man. And then when when after, uh, uh, well, what's great about it too is you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. like he oh, yeah. sets it up first with the tension of the dog hears somebody outside. And you oh, just, yeah. I mean, at this point, you still think, 
Are yeah. they going to show the Manson killings? Yeah. And you're feeling that tension, but you're like, the dog knows. Man, I hope this dog gets a hold. And then the door opens up, and it's that hilarious dialogue between... <laughs> the, what was your name? Oh, no, it was something balls stupider than that. <laughs> and the acid lace cigarette. I met you with pussy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that be, and also, yeah, I, I thought he was on LSD at the time, so I'm oh, like, oh balls, shit, yeah. he's tripping balls. Yeah, because he goes, "Are you real?" And the guy goes, "Real as donuts," and he just looks at him for a second, and he cracks up. <laughs> he came in the room and said. Come here to do some devil <laughs> shit. <laughs> Dude, again, that is the best fucking part of the whole film. Devil shit. <laughs> yes, right. well, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not verbatim or anything, but you know. <laughs> The way the cop repeats it. Gonna uh, do devil, devil shit, shit, huh? Uh, well, that's not yeah. verbatim, but, uh, you know, it's close enough. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> like, seriously, so it, 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 I think it t- it's like, that's act six almost in the fucking <laughs> script before you're like, holy shit, the film just got really good. Because, like, you know, before that, it was all just, like, sobbing, and, all right, you know, we go a little bit into, um, what's his name, you know, uh, uh, Cliff's, char- uh, the, the character Cliff's uh, little backstory with his wife and Cato and all that stuff and you're like <laughs> this is kind of funny yeah exactly you're like you know this is pretty funny and all that stuff and it's just like a buddy buddy action comedy and that's sorry buddy buddy talking comedy and then it got to that and it's like oh shit uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is fucking dumb as fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's saw, like in the pool <laughs> I saw the movies with you, saw the movie with you guys I gotta ask you what did you think she comes in the pool he gets out of the pool goes into the shed <laughs> What did you think when you saw him walking back? I would have to say, uh, preface that question with, I think this is one of these movies you have to see with an audience uh, because holy fucking shit. Like, it's kind of like I, I saw The Ring uh, in, with an audience and people were like losing their shit coming out of chairs and shit. This movie, when all that fucking craziness is going on, people were losing their shit. It was like, it's like, the, it's like everybody was in on it. I think that that really plays in to like having everybody's reaction with you like just, just like holy fuck when he fucking lights her ass on fire <laughs> when I saw Charles. him coming out I was like of oh the, my god I saw when you see him coming out of the shed and you can see like that hose running yeah. down by his leg I literally out loud went you gotta be kidding me <laughs> dude that was just like the, that That was the cherry on, on the on the top of the cake but here's the deal why didn't she just go under the water <laughs> what she couldn't see the yeah. dog fucking ate her eyes out. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. You start feeling, you start feeling the flames was, coming on you. That's why she was shooting the gun up in the air instead of that DiCaprio. Her, her, her senses are all fucked, dude. Did, that did dog you see her face? Her, her face was like, <laughs> and Brad Pitt like threw a fucking can at her and crushed dude, her like that fucking was amazing. eyes in her nose. Yeah, yeah. It just man. Her face got like. Uh, you know what she looked like afterwards when she got up? She looked like Beaker. For the Muppets. <laughs> I like the- <laughs> like she had no nose. It just yeah, it was great. Uh, I like how the, the the dog food can says dog food for mean dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so the flavors it was raccoon and yeah. rat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, wolf's tooth or whatever it was. What I, was I, his line when he was telling? He was over talking to the neighbors finally, and he's like, "Well, yeah, and I, I, I charred 
charred one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, did, did you get all of them? No, my buddy got two, but I charred the last one. <laughs> With a flamethrower. Oh, from that movie? Oh, yeah, the yeah, tw- yeah. 12, 12 fists how, like, of, like, I love how, like, Emile Hirsch remembered it. It's like, oh, yeah, and it's from that one, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, man, that was... That's fucking Emile Hirsch. It took me a while to recognize it was him. He's so fucking skinny in this fucking film. Yeah, man. Holy now, shit. What do you think Roman Polanski will think when he sees it? Man, you think oh, he'll probably plans he's not going to watch this movie. Yes, he will. He's yeah, not going to watch oh, it. He he's not going to watch it. I guarantee you won't watch it. Why? Look, I'm okay, going to call why? him right well, now. Hold on, hold on. One second. Yeah. Fuck, no. bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you call him right now. <laughs> right, but, uh, Tarantino is heavily suggesting that... She was sleeping with the hairdresser. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh no, that's or a, her that's buddy. A, I'm sorry. But no, that's that's an open thing. I mean, that that's not. Yeah, no, but thing. I mean, this is like in a movie. Wait, 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 wait hold on. That, that was never confirmed that they were sleeping together. Uh, brother man, no. He was calling her honey the very, whole time, dude. It's very confirmed that they were swingers. Well, everybody thought he was gay at the time because he was a hairdresser. And no, he no. used that to his advantage. Okay, but and he called all all the girls guys, honey. J- j- just just like the the perfect fucking you know. Uh, 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 musical, alright? Legally Blonde. Is he gay or European? He's gay and European, alright? <laughs> is he Fucking, gay or British? <laughs> yeah. Polanski is a swinger. It's known. It's documented. Fucking Sharon Tate went along with it because she's a fucking wife from the 60s. No, and, all that's true. Yeah. You know, do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, they're both swingers. I mean, what, what's no, 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 no. There was never, no, there was never anything that it was confirmed she was a swinger. She's the one who was Don't uh, pressuring. Her. Okay. She was she's pressuring perfect. Polanski uh, to get married. And then when he, when he started swinging, mm-hmm. she came out and supported that. For a while, yeah, until because she was getting some dick on the side too, well, man. Th- why do you think she left? Ways. She left him in Europe well, because he was, was swinging around with thirteen-year-olds, probably. That's why. Well, I don't. She's know like, about that. Oh, we don't do that in America. She's like, I can't, I can't do nothing with that thirteen-year-old dick. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that. You know, I, it looks suspicious. I mean, they were in the room together. I'm not going to say that. You know, I just don't want to. You know. My point. You was can't like, libel the dead. Dude, exactly. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's his life. <laughs> Literally, um, fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Damian Lewis. All right, who whose character was uh, Steve McQueen? Said, "Hey," and that's when the camera was like from his vantage point, and it says. You see that girl over there? You mean Steve Qu- yeah. McQueen Exposition? <laughs> yeah. He was... He that was, was hilarious. Yeah, he was way. like, he was fucking her boyfriend-girlfriend. They were going to get married. Then she met him when she went to Europe. Then they got married. They broke up. She came back here. They started sleeping together. He knows about it, and he's cool with it. Literally, he, they fucking said that in the film. No, that's not what they said in the film. What the fuck did they say in the film? It said that he was waiting for Polanski to fuck up, and he yeah, said so, when so he, he can, did, he, he his... was going to move in yeah, there. Exactly. Uh, that's what that's Tarantino what said. said, and that's what uh, history and the history books say. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, yeah, well, th- that could have been. We'll, you we'll know what? Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was a late night for me yesterday. I've been on set every day since like five in the fucking morning, and half of the team here tomorrow is going to be on set by six in the morning. Yes. <laughs> So with that said, trailer time? All right. Fair enough. All right, guys. Here's a trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Marvin. Put it there. That's your son? No, it's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. (laughs) Oh, the shooting. I love that stuff, you know, with the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? Crown you Nazi bastards! (laughs) 
Are you still with Rick? Huh? Still here. You can do anything you want to him. I hired you to be an actor, Rick. Not a TV cowboy. You're better than that. Line. Cut! Embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. <laughs> All right, what's the matter, partner? It's official, old buddy. Well, it has been. Hot August night and the leaves hanging down and the grass on the ground. Here I am, flat on my ass. Who, who I got living next door to me? I'm Sharon Tate. I'm in the movie. You're in this? That's me. I play Miss Carlson, the klutz. Oh. <laughs> Charlie's gonna dig you. And that gospel group telling you In this town, I can all change like that. You're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. And we're back. That was the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Quentin Tarantino's ninth movie. Tenth, twelfth, thirteenth, something like that. Yeah, you know. You know he, as long he, as it's He's a film director. He doesn't do yeah. math. So he can keep his word. <laughs> I'm retiring to ten. Oh, man. It was good to see that. Um, yeah. Definitely made it sound like uh, the whole film is about the Manson killing, and we only saw fucking Charles Manson once in this fucking film. One yeah. scene. Yeah. That's it. In and out. I think you get like maybe like six shots of him total. Yep. Maybe like maybe maybe ten if you're counting the ones through windows where he's, his head's like bopping by. <laughs> <laughs> but the the shot that we just saw in that one trailer that wasn't in the movie. Uh the punch. No, where uh, he was uh, uh, waving. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He waves at Brad Pitt's character yeah. next to the truck. That's yeah. not. In the film? No, it's not. Well, you know, it's a good... I uh, heard the original cut was, like, close to four hours. I believe it. He didn't want to do uh, a volume one and a volume two? <laughs> yeah, because that will <laughs> fuck up the tenth film. He's like, all right, so the first, first, you know, movie is just, like, one day, so they just kind of, like, meander around a set, and that'll be your first film, you know? <laughs> uh, so, guys, into this movie. We're rewriting history. It's totally changing history. What do you guys think about Quentin Tarantino rewriting history? What do you guys think about that in terms of like cinematic execution, storytelling? How do you guys feel about that? It's not his first time doing it. He didn't glorious so bastards. It's becoming his thing. I guess he's like, oh, I worked once. Yeah, no, it twice. Worked, it worked in Django too. Yeah, I mean, like, we'll, 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 we'll turn it around. Well, he didn't really change anything in history in Django, right? I mean, shit, dude. Took a guy that was a slave and turned him into a fucking. White man hunter. I think what he means is like taking a realistic historic event with mm. people and then yeah, yeah. telling an alternate yeah. universe of it. Yeah, I could see like Django and Shane, like that. I don't know. I could see that movie being made in the 60s. Yeah. I can't see Inglorious Bastards or this film being made in the 60s at all. Uh, that's like, true. I can't yeah. see like a filmmaker having the balls then <laughs> to do that. Yeah, to take the history and just be like, you know what? Fuck that shit. You know that important event that everyone in the world knows about? Yeah, fuck, fuck it. it. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Do you think if someone were to, uh, you know, 
the ne- an- another movie comes out where they change something that, that's called doing a Tarantino now. I think that'll like get, give an alternate history kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like this new uh, this new Beatles movie uh, yesterday where they're they're all change- alive still. They're, they're changing it up. I guess I don't understand really what what is the point when we're when we're changing history, right? Yeah. What are we saying by doing that? What do you want it to say? Like in this film, it, it's well. In this film, it's 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 different than it is in Glorious Bastards. In Glorious Bastards, really, the outcome is the same. Hitler died in real life, and yeah. he dies in Glorious Bastards. He, he just killed him in a different way. You know, right. the Americans pretty much did it. Uh, you know, the details. We're, you know, we're a little muddy with that. <laughs> but this movie completely rewrites history, changes right. it. Yeah, to a happier ending. I don't know what Tarantino but, was saying about that in the end dude, of this movie. Again, like, it's, is, the, it's the prestige that I was talking about. That's his. Uh, that was his homage to. Okay, because in that era, right? That's like when Hollywood started shifting away from like happy endings. Like right after World War II, you know, that's like because pre that it was really all about happy endings and all that stuff. Then you got the noirs, and that led into you know the uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. You know, he he was a rising star in the in that era. And then died in the 60s with the new wave cinema. And so that was, in a way, Tarantino's, like, you know, celebration of the 50s and 60s films that influenced the 1969 era, you know, in my opinion. That's why he kind of, he's like, oh, here's a different take on it. It's a very happy ending. And it kills uh, Charlie Manson. doesn't, like, rise. No, he's not... Uh, no, he, he doesn't he, die in this movie. What I mean is like film, the, yeah. the, the idea of oh, Charles okay. Manson, the, the, the cult okay. phenomenon. I mean, he still but, has his cult. And... Well, well, still, but yeah, but he, you know, he can go kill somebody random or whatever, and it wouldn't rise to the fame that killing Sharon Tate and, and everybody. It wouldn't, you know. Yeah, that's true. wouldn't become the, the, the cult icon that he became. What just leaves it open to... Happening somewhere else. What happens? Right. Does she enjoy a career? Did... Does she get a divorce? Does I'll tell you what. That cult... <laughs> I'm with you. I don't know. I don't like looking at it from somebody that may have been like involved in the situation. I could see where it'd be a little offensive. Like my family member died in that, and you're kind of poking fun at the situation. Yeah, I, I can see I that. Could, I could see that being a little offensive. I don't agree with Bruce Bruce Lee's daughter's <laughs> take of that scene being offensive. It's obviously from the point of view of a stunt man that's. <laughs> Like, yeah, I whipped Bruce Lee. Yeah. Wait, what the fuck are we talking about now? It's definitely his memory. Bruce Lee's daughter came out and said that this movie was uh, racist? All right, well, disrespectful to her father's memory. To Bruce Lee's memory. What? How, I don't fuck. I don't get it. Okay. Because he was in the scene with... Yeah. Well, Bruce Lee is portrayed kind of like a cocky, arrogant asshole in this film. And he I mean... was a cocky, arrogant asshole. You ever seen an interview with that fucking cocksucker? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Dude. Well, he throwing down. No, I mean, wow. he was. I mean, you I know. I would call the motherfucker a cocksucker. I mean, you know. I, mean, I don't know if he's a cock, but <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I mean. I mean, dude, he is a cocky motherfucker, man. I've he seen was a little arrogant, so f- but, you yeah, know. Yeah, so fucking portrayed him as is. If I walked into a room and I could kick everybody's ass, I'd probably be a little arrogant, too. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but the fact is, he didn't kick everyone's fucking ass. That was just on fucking. It's like, uh, you know, it's fucking fake Hollywood shit, man. 
No, that's all right. That's it. We need to just all go watch Enter the Dragon right now. Fuck all this. You need to we be got, educated. We got, we'll be back, guys. <laughs> I'll see I you next month. I watched a documentary the other day, and it seemed like he was pretty badass. Yeah, he, he was He was badass. I mean, Jackie Chan is pretty fucking badass, too. I'm not. I he mean, was in the documentary and said that Bruce was... Was a badass. I get it. Yeah, but, I mean, honest. shit, you put that guy against, you know, a motherfucker from North Memphis. He, his ass is fucking shot Isn't dead. Isn't Jackie Chan in one of Bruce Lee? What's Bruce, what movie Bruce Lee film is he? He's in a couple, actually. Yeah, oh, it's more than one. Um, His first couple. It's a pretty interesting story, like how he met Bruce and how Bruce like kept promoting him on set because he thought he was like real nice and he took beatings well. <laughs> Bruce, you have no idea, buddy. Just wait. Give it twenty. Years. I don't. I don't remember the details, but like during one of the fight sequences, he got hit with something that other people would have complained about. But he was like, "No, let's keep going." And after the shoot, Bruce was like, "Keep that guy." He's like, that dude's crazy. He's a badass. He is fucking nuts, man. <laughs> uh, but she was saying, like, you know, he's they're portraying him as this cocky guy, and then he gets into this, like, you know, tussle fight, mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt beats him up. So what is If she, I'm it, remembering the time I fought Bruce Lee, of course I'm going to remember the time I beat him up. Like, yeah. I'm going to exaggerate it into my favor. Yeah. And it's a fictional fucking character. Well, I mean, it, exactly. it, it kind of gives it away, too, once he starts, like, doing the karate moves with Bruce Lee. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, wait right. a minute, yeah. come on. I mean, you can tell it's sort of exaggerated. It, no, yeah. that, that scene is setting up for him being a badass at the end of the movie, though. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's yeah. kind of like, so, so when, oh, when, he starts, when he starts kicking ass, you're like, all right. You know, yeah, which I, also, I, I believe it. Because you get that flashback of the wife well, as well. Which also lends into uh, the scene where he goes to the ranch, which I think is like probably the best scene in the entire Spawn movie. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's like shit, it's got yeah. the great suspense. It's kind of like that, that typical Tarantino. Dude, when he fucks I love up the that fix guy. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fix it. I love that. Dude, that scene. Can we talk about that scene really quick? Oh, yeah. 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 Dude. Fuck a the way it was shot, it's awesome. Yeah, like he told. Yeah, dude, it's just uh, it looks it's so. Some of the best cool. editing in the movie is that is that is that is that like yeah. suspense building yeah. up when he's like walking up to the house and the you know all of that and then going in and like you know going down the hall. All yeah. of it, it's just just so yeah, like all the walking paced. up to the house and then all the him walking up to the car. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same focal length, same frame. It's just reversed and it's so fucking. It's so beautiful. Like if, if yeah. you actually were to cut out the middle and butt those together. They would cut together. It's fucking amazing looking. Yep, I have nothing. And then he nice beats the fuck that. out of that guy. Yeah, what a badass. And fight a pussy. Yeah, I, I I'm a little mad though at the scene, like because the suspense is so fucking good. When the payoff is a joke with Bruce Dern, it is a little. It's a little frustrating as a viewer, <laughs> you know, because you know you know what's gonna happen. You're like, okay, one or two. You're things expecting is a dead body here. in there. Yeah. He's he's gonna he's and they're either, all gonna attack. Yeah, he's either gonna get attacked and he's gonna die, of, or he's gonna kill him. Symbolism of the movie. Yeah. yeah, first time watching that, I was a little frustrated with it. I was like, okay, all right, this is this is cute, but oh damn it, <laughs> I wanted this to become a horror movie. Oh, this was so good. Hey, the, the only reason I don't like that scene is Lena Dunham. So, and man, yeah, I didn't recognize <laughs> any of the uh, actresses playing any of the Manson family members except for the Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. Yeah. yeah. Shoot, I even missed her. She was uh, squeaky. Yep. I, I I read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. When she I came fucked up his to ass it. to sleep. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> what the fuck she said. I just got done fucking him. He's tired. <laughs> Whatever. He, he better take his nap so we can watch FBI later. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fucking good. Oh, like that. yeah. 
I love that F, uh, the FBI episode that they watch. Yeah, dude, like Leonardo DiCaprio. He man, the way he hops up out of the back of the truck oh, with a shotgun. He's, he's whole. He's whole. He, he, he's kind of back to what you were saying. Man, though. He's he, really good. They're definitely playing up on the violence on television. Yeah, that's really the only violence you see until the end. We'll end up. We're born Nazi <laughs> bastards. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all the TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the violence is in the movies that they're making. Except for when Brad Pitt's beating the crap out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it so well. Yeah, that's very true. The only violence that actually happens in real life that would actually be real real violence in within the film would be done to the Manson family. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's mind nice. Fuck. See, that's what I'm saying, man. This fucking film. You start dissecting it. You start thinking about it more. Like, I did... I highly disliked it yesterday, and then today I'm like, no, it's actually pretty fucking good. I feel like there's something I'm missing though, like with the it's an extra hour. Uh, what what you're missing? What, what, what you're missing is uh, a great editor like Sally editing this film. Yeah, that's, man, that, that's man, what I you're missing. The editing yeah, is good. Guys, you don't I'm think it's too long? A, no, I did not. Like first time watching, did not look at my watch one time, and did not even think about getting up and leaving. Okay, neither did I. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's about the length. I it was, just think I was about the time. I think it's about the timing and the spacing. You know, of of, of the pacing. Sorry, of the scenes. I don't know. Like, it, were you bored? I, I yeah. There were a few parts where I was like bored, man. The, the first forty-five minutes, especially. What? I was like, yeah, I was like, man, for real? Yeah, man. And this is coming from a guy that loved the fuck out of uh, *Inglorious Bastards* because the the opening scene is like eighteen minutes of just dialogue and love. Yeah, it. but that's the most intense dialogue that <laughs> ever on cinema. Like, with yeah, that, it's one but of the best still, scenes. like, you can't. I, I I was a little bit bored, man. The, the first act and a half, two acts of this fucking film, man. Yeah, I totally got sucked into the characters. Yeah, I didn't feel that way at all. <laughs> I, I only got jolted back when um, he and the method actor, 10-year-old, 8-year-old, sorry, girl, met. That's when I was like, okay, this is this is starting to shape up for me. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this. Could have been that like you were going in expecting... Of course, yeah. ...something else and you were getting... No, no, no I, I, 100%. It is, I went in expecting... This is fucking another Django, another fucking English Bastards, and you know, it's another one of those. And it's like gonna be batshit crazy, and it, I was just fucking bored because also the first forty-five minutes, there's ten minutes of fucking them driving and not saying shit. So it's just like, all right, you know, I wasn't like what? invested yet. There's one shot where they're pulling out of their house, man. It's not even like two minutes long. Dude, we were just talking about how much fucking driving there is in this fucking movie, man. There's a lot of fucking driving in this fucking movie. There's that one driving shot in the first ten minutes. Yeah. And it felt like the whole fucking ten minutes was just a driving shot. (laughs) (laughs) But that's cool music. Uh, Great music. I will say that I, I, I fell into this movie way easier than I did Pulp Fiction. As far as like the beginning of it, like getting into it, just like yeah, you know, dude. like I thought. Really? I think I think this oh, movie, this movie damn. is like it is. I'm it the odd is, one out in the group dude, today. Uh, yeah, the, the way I'm not it was saying set I didn't. Up, I'm not saying I didn't yeah. feel its length toward like toward the toward this you know third act, uh, you know the ninth act, whatever it was. Uh, you know, in there I was like, All right, I can I can feel this is a long movie, but it it was holding me. I mean, for a movie that do, like that doesn't really do anything when you start <laughs> trying to like what's the, what's the plot? <laughs> yeah, I never really felt the length like. Pacing wise, I thought it was right there. There was, well, I take that back. There was one time, shoot, they were showing the shooting of the show, right? Like the scene we were talking about where he messes his lineup. Yeah, um, I remember thinking at one point, is it really necessary to show us the entire scene? 
But it was just that like fleeting thought, and then I was right. right back into it. Right. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of moments where you could say, like, we could cut this out. We don't need to see all this TV shit. It serves real no purpose. But, man, it's fucking beautiful world building. That's yeah, true. It's true. And it's like, it's it's part of the world that they have. And it's like, yeah, we could cut that out, but fucking, that's the flavor well, of the well, movie. at the same time, you know? I think it's that's what this is. Yeah. Instead of, you know, telling a story about an escaped slave, it's look at what Hollywood is. It's kind of like what the last action hero really wanted to be, but oh, couldn't. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> or it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like a something like The Player. You know, it it it's better versions of those films, I think, even though The Player is really, I don't know. I take that back. The Player is really fucking good. I said that, and then I'm like, mm. Shut your mouth. But yeah, I'm going to shut my mouth. That is really <laughs> fucking good. I like that movie a lot. You were saying uh, you feel like you're missing something, and then we all interrupted you. I think I, there's something that I'm not really connecting between all three of the characters, between Sharon, between Sharon Tate, Cliff, and Rick. There, there's something Tarantino's, you know, he's doing there that I think is, it's there's something outside of just like here are three individuals that live in Hollywood. But I, you know, I'm just I don't know I mean, what it is right than, now. Other than the obvious, like. He plays this violent action hero on TV, and they're using that as motivation. I can't. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's something. I mean, I can't believe it's just it's so well. You know what I mean? It's so well written. It's so well thought out. I saw one person post that um, Rick is brainwashed by the Hollywood system. The Manson family is brainwashed by Manson, and Cliff is the standout that holds Rick into the real world. I can buy that for a dollar. I mean, he is the one that's very accepting of he's, what he wants to be. Everybody sort of else there. is kind of looking for something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a good friend too. Like, <laughs> you're a good friend. <laughs> as much crap as he gets put through. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! That one fucking part where he took the girl's fucking head and took it straight into the phone and straight into the fucking you know the uh, mantle. The, the mantle. I just kept going and going and going. Oh, man, it was fucking good. And, like, I actually, like, that one... So, we don't spend a lot of time with the Manson family at all in this film. It's not like, you know, it's no. half an hour of that, right? No. Maybe, maybe total ten minutes, right? Yeah, you, you got, you got you the get, farm scene and... You see them, you know they're... These are the crackpots that are going to kill Sharon Tate. Yeah. Creepy ranch scene. Yeah. I mean, and, and up until right before they came up that night, I was like, I don't really dislike any of those people. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not like, you know, he built it to where you gradually hate him, hate him. But I then, think you're just supposed to automatically hate him just because he's playing events. He's yeah, playing events I, so close I, to reality I, 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 up I until that. the end. No, no, I, absolutely. I get that. But, you know, for someone as heartless as I am, I don't give a shit that this happened in 1969. But what I'm saying is... Um, I didn't automatically hate him because, you know, most of all the actors were doing great and, like, the dialogue was funny and interesting and all that stuff, you know? But the, in that span of that four-minute scene of them in the car plotting of what they're going to do, I hated them so much in, within four fucking minutes that when he took her fucking head and just drove it into that fucking phone and then into the mantle and just kept going, I was like, fuck yes, this is... She deserves this. Is, she yep. deserves this no, shit. Hold up, man. I, no, I, I disagree with that. I think even even before the violence erupts, he's always portraying the Manson families and every member of the Manson family as just disgusting. Like, even when the girl asks uh, Cliff if she can suck his dick in the car. Yeah, yeah. 
his response isn't like fuck yeah let's do it yeah, which like, was you what 18? you think a normal Hollywood you know sleazebag would do yeah. and it's also interesting that this is the first non-Weinstein oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but what is what is Cliff's response to that let me see your fucking driver's license are you fucking 18 but that doesn't oh, make me that doesn't make me hate her yeah she may be nasty she, that, that doesn't make me hate her what? No. You Look, can't tell me what I can can't hate, I'm, Brian. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> he's, I'm saying how the script is treating her already. It's like, whoa, hold up. You're you're already being put in a, a position With where her ass just peeping into the bottom of the frame. <laughs> yeah, like, like where a man should be weak. She's she's the character that's morally bankrupt in that scene. Yeah. So what does that? She's a fucking hippie chick in L.A. in 1960. She's, she's fucking giving blowjobs for rides, yeah. bro. Yeah, what the fuck? That's I, not that unheard of. I'm saying. <laughs> I see what you're saying. All all the scenes with all the Manson family members, none of them are portrayed in a positive light. Is what I'm saying. No, no, no I'm no. with you on that. Okay, yeah, there. I agree with that statement. Yeah. Well, that's positive what I. Light. That's what he I. He never was I, that with. What he he's saying sympathy is for. He him. didn't hate her for one for her one yeah. to give him a blowjob. Yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> like, she's, she's earning her I, keep. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> no, you cannot hate it. But the scene is 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 intended to read that way. That's why. That's why Cliff acts that way. they're never made to like. It's not like he ever makes you feel sympathy for them. Yeah. Um, you know the scene you were talking about where they're in the car and they're fixing to go up? I think one of the the moments that, I don't know, that made the tension even more and kind of the weight of what they were about to do was when the one girl went, I, I forgot my knife, and she drove off. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you feel like she she just can't go through with what they're planning. Oh, yeah. But she, like, finally hears happened. it. Yeah. Didn't that happen? Yeah. Oh. I think that that part actually happened. Not to, not at that house though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a couple nights later. Yeah. But I mean, just thinking about like they're going up to kill people. Like to me, the weight of what they were doing hit after that. Yeah, exactly. And and the way they were talking about it too. They're like, oh, how can we justify fucking these people over? You know, like that was like fucking. The- <laughs> They're gonna do well, some I, devil shit. <laughs> well, I love that Leonardo DiCaprio has to come out and just be like, "God damn hippies! Yeah. Oh yeah, fucking, fucking hippies it's out of here with you, you fucking loud ass motor muffler." <laughs> he's got that fucking blender full of margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I love when the cops are questioning him after it. He's got the margarita and it's melted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when did it happen, sir? Uh, around twelve, twelve oh five. How are you so sure? Well, I was making some margaritas and goddamn hippies fucking showing. Up. <laughs> hippies. What does uh, Brad Pitt call him, like later? He's like, well, there's some assailants that broke in. He's like, they weren't assailants. They were goddamn hippies. <laughs> the way they were saying it made me always think of that meme. Look at the look on his face. I smell hippies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's a picture of uh, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Ronald Reagan looking like somebody farted in the room, and underneath <laughs> it's I smell hippies. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh man, the yeah, the armpit hair on the Manson oh, man. girls, yeah, that that turned me off right there. I'm like, mm. yeah, I know. Oh yeah, that was the only line uh, I catch. That was ADR too. Is when they were first driving around the uh, the strip, and Leonardo DiCaprio's like, goddamn hippies. <laughs> I could <laughs> tell that was ADR. Goddamn hippies. You know when they're on the the Manson ranch and they're giving the tour to the to the like guys on the horse. Mm-hmm. Wonder what those people are thinking. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Like these people are weird. Now that she turns to her boyfriend or husband, she's like, "I told you we should have got the ten dollar tour." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
There's some really fucking good one-liners in this film, though. I'll have to give it that. I like how that one lady's got, like, Doris Day hair that's being taken on the, the ride. She's oh, got, yeah, like, yeah. The, It's like a beehive, but it's kind yeah. of, like, leaned over to the side. I saw a, a documentary one time. I don't remember what, what movie it was, but I think it was a Spielberg film. And they were t- It was a period movie. And they were talking about that when you do, like, if you set a movie in 1969, you don't use stuff from 1969 because everybody buys stuff that they have stuff like cars you know you keep your car for 10 years so you got to have cars from 1959 i thought they did a good job of that with this movie yeah they had like 64 mustangs in there and like 69 yeah i'm not a car aficionado they had a couple of cobras in there though which did drop in 69 but it makes sense because it's hollywood they have money they would have the latest, you know. And if you see like some of the buildings, like the neon had like rust. Yeah, in it, and I, I did like the uh, the moment where they light up all the uh, um, neon signs. Yeah, that, that was surreal. That was super cool. That was great. And yeah. uh, dude, seeing the like the cinerama, like oh yeah, the, the yeah. blinking on like that. Yeah, that was I mean, fucking awesome. For the all first time seeing too. like that was a good production design. First time seeing the movie, that's the countdown to murder night. Yeah. To the like, night, like here's they're, the, they're it, going to this restaurant. They're going here, yeah. right? And it's like, man, that's you see all those lights coming on, and you're just like, man, that's an unstoppable clock. That's what really surprised me that they changed the end because, like, he gets every fucking detail perfect until those fuckers show up at like you know in the drive. And you know, one, at one point, I actually thought he was gonna make like. The Manson people had come to get revenge on Cliff, and then just <laughs> oh, yes. ended up at the wrong house. Yes. And, like, that was an accidental cause of the oh, Sharon Tate. Oh, would that be crazy? Yeah. But, no, he just went total, like, no, Cliff takes him out. <laughs> well, maybe that's why Cliff's name is Cliff. He was giving you a Cliff of a hangar at the end. Mm, there oh, you go. See. Why do you think um, Kurt Russell's <laughs> narrating... Why is it from his point of view? It's his payday, bro. It's his payday. Well, he's in the movie as you well. Know, I, yeah, I have no idea. Because Quentin Tarantino's like, man, I love Kurt Russell. Narrate the movie. Yeah, but like, it, is it supposed to be his character that, that's his point of view on things? Or why, why is it he does him? Break no. Fourth, he does break the fourth wall Wait. with his narration. Oh, well. You know? What do y'all think of narration? That's not a fourth wall break. Well, in a way, you know, it's like introducing the audience to a certain thing, you That's know. That's not the definition of football. Well, I get it, motherfucker. It's <laughs> when the character itself talks to the audience. I get that shit, bitch. But the fucking voiceover can fucking have the same effect, too. You know? I don't know. Sorry. Jeremy, what were you saying before Brian, the two baldies here disagree? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to think of what's my favorite fourth wall break in a movie. Anyway, what do y'all think of, like, overall? Ferris Bueller. Point of view... I mean, a voiceover in a movie. The reason I'm asking is when I was real young, learning filmmaking, very respected voice told me that is the laziest way to tell a story. That's what they always say. Tell, tell that to Scorsese. I, you know, I always agreed with that logic until I saw, um, what was that Spike Jones movie, uh, Adaptation? Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> and... When uh, th- there's a moment where Nicholas's ca- uh, Nicholas Cage's character, he goes to a screenwriting c- class that Brian Cox is teaching, and the whole movie Nicholas Cage has been narrating the movie. And when he's in the screenwriting class, Brian Cox says, "So help me God, if you use narration," <laughs> and the narration stops, and it's never used for the rest of the movie. Well, that's cool. And you know, it's like, ah, fuck, I, I like it in the '50s and '40s uh, noir films. You know, 
I knew that dame was trouble the minute she walked into the bar. I mean, I think it's got its place. It totally you know, does. Why, why, why do you think that that Blade person Runner, like it with- said that to you? I, I, they said it in my film school as well. But why, why, okay, why do you think? Because yeah. they didn't want you to use it as a crutch. They want you to actually like write stories instead I mean, of like, I mean, you know, it, write dialogue. It, it, it's easy Show, to don't get, tell. Yeah. get used as a crutch. Yeah, but that's like restricting, you know, writing. Okay, everything we do in this industry is a tool in a way, and that's like almost trying to take a tool away from you. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what like, they do with 3D when 3D comes out. And, you know, people are like, oh, fuck, fuck 3D. I fucking hate 3D. No, 3D can be great if you use it right. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Everything's I mean, I a can, tool I, you I can I totally use. can yeah. see why telling, like, young young filmmakers that are, you know, learning the craft, don't use narration, show it, don't. Yeah, but that's, that, that's so short-sighted because, you know... Because, um, I mean, be, by being forced to not use narration, I learned to, like, show things with the camera that lets people know time has passed. And Well, I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, okay, if you're a professor and you go, all right, I don't want to fucking see someone go three hours later, you know, in narration to explain it that way. Yeah, I get that, but, like, you know... Narr- it's because yeah, narration it was used constantly in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and when films... Had a revolution in the '60s. It just it stopped. Okay. And then all the film professors were like, "Well, obviously, good movies no longer <laughs> use narration." Uh, I guess, man. I don't know if a professor I mean, has what, not done a single film I mean, as that, a producer or director or writer. To me, I don't listen to them because I'm like, "Fuck you, dude. You have zero experience in my book. I don't care how many years you fucking." Taught and studied, and you have a PhD in film. Don't give a shit. Well, this guy's produced okay. hundreds of films. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so he, okay. Jesus. All right, that's. Uh, I would love to talk to that guy one day. That's okay, no narration. Damn, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, what do you think, right, Jared? So favorite fourth uh, Actually, one of my favorite movies has narration. It's uh, called Last of the Dogmen. I don't know who directed it, but it's got. Uh, Lots of the movies I like yeah. have narration. Last of the Dogmen? Yeah, Tom Berenger. Never seen that. I've heard of that. It's, it's narrated by that. by, uh, by uh, Walter Brimley. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. Damn. It's, okay. okay, so t- Tom Berenger's like a bounty hunter, and he goes off into the Oxbow to to, to uh, up in Montana somewhere to go find these convicts, and he finds this like hidden Indian tribe that's been lost for, for civilization. I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah. I've never seen it. I Dude, know the movie you're talking about. We should about. do that movie one day because yeah. it's right, one of my okay. favorite movies. What was the name again? It's called Last of the Dogmen. Last of the oh, Dogmen. Dog we'll do that in Garp the same like month. <laughs> oh, uh, Jeremy, you were talking about uh, uh, favorite fourth wall break. Yeah, what, like do y'all have any favorite fourth wall breaks that always pop in your head? Jan Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh my god! I do. It's not. It's not a movie one. It's a TV one. It's um, Kevin Spacey's character actually in House of Cards. First time he does a oh, fourth wall break. Well, let's, it was let's, so fucking. Where they powerful. stole that from is Alfie, uh, yeah. which is he's always to the camera. Oh, like the yeah. original Michael Michael Caine. Michael, Caine. Michael, Caine. Michael, Caine. Michael, Michael Caine. But I actually like Jude Law's version as well. Oh fuck! I forgot they remade that. Yeah, yeah. and oh. Alfie was in it. Yeah. Damn. And, and Michael Caine was in it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. A, it's I, yeah, it's I done really that. well. It was like in the early aughts. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. Fuck, Jude Law that plays such a great asshole. What about, what about yours, Jeremy? <laughs> Fourth wall break, bro. I don't know if this actually counts, but the one that always pops in my head that made me laugh the hardest was in Scary Movie. <laughs> 
when she's like, when he's like, Sid, it's not a movie, and she goes, Yeah, it is. Oh, there's yeah, the, yeah. There's the director and the sound guy, and it, the camera just turns, and they're all just looking at her. <laughs> um, I know they're wearing shirts with their rolls on yeah. them or something like that. Uh, Bill and Ted, uh, George Carlin looks at the camera and he goes, They do get better. <laughs> when he talks about, it, they're like they're in there like trying to rock, and they they suck. Yeah. Hey, okay. Right, yeah. We got some good ones here. Good ones. Oh, um, music in this film. It was not a character. It was there. It was great. It had atmosphere. It was uh, scene it transition, yeah. but it, it, it is. It, no, it is was not a character, bro. You think not a character it's not like a in Jackie, Jackie, Brown, Jackie Brown, bro. No, it was. Yeah. It, no, I would say no. This the music in this it matters more in this film than any other Tarantino film. Are why? you insane? Because it's, 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 it, it totally says that. Why? why? Oh my tell god! Me. Tell me why? Why? Because look, dude. Tarantino even takes the time to have advertisements playing on the no, radio. Are those he is are those actual are yes. those actual radio uh, like like recorded radio from the time? And he's just playing. I know that. most. I know some of them are now because 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 like the I don't know um, off all of like them the are. ads and stuff. They sound real. They sound because it's like you know like it's, the it's, butter ad is real. Um, I forget what they're the, the, like the Batman. Yeah, that's, that's totally see, real. But you see, that's not music. That that's that's advertisement on a radio. That's not music. But it cuts into music, music. dude. It goes into music. Like the ad that goes into the radio. Like the way the radio plays into the movie is brilliant. Like even when he's seeing the the hippie Manson chick, right? And Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt gives her the peace sign in the car. We're literally listening to the radio advertisement, and then when he sees her, what's going on? What plays in the radio? Uh, The Graduate song. What is it? Uh, Mrs. Robinson. Right. As we do the peace sign, then we roll off. Dude, music is all over this one. I, dude, it is not as powerful as every other film he's done. I'm telling you, it is not a character for me on this one. You know what? You say it's not me. so forward in the mix. <laughs> talk to me in ten years. Uh, if I'm alive, time, if man. I'm alive, I will talk to you in ten years. I don't. Man. I don't think there's going to be <laughs> like a. There's not like I'm, a I'm track. Dude, no, I'm sorry, man. Like in Inglorious Bastards, there's that one scene where the first time you see. Glorious uh, Bastards is just Maricone music. I, I'm like, just saying, the, the, dude, all over I'm just it. saying the, the, the pacing and the timing of it. Like there's the the, the, the the scene when you see the, you know, the Inglorious Bastards first time killing a German officer, and he's walking towards uh, um, Brad Pitt's character, and dude, that just the cut between the music and going back and forth and back and forth on a long shot, close shot, and just all, he he does not play with music that way in this film at all. That's Dude, what I'm trying see, to say. Like, Inglorious Bastards, the music part I remember in that movie is, uh, was it Shoshana getting ready mm-hmm. with the makeup and hearing David Bowie's uh, burning down the house <laughs> with yeah. gasoline from see, cat thought... people. That's 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 the m- moment I remember of music in that film. I rewatched that film about a week ago while I was high. I'm, I'm telling you, m- musically, <laughs> <laughs> that film, the music is a character. The, the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah, the music a, is not a full character. Did you watch it's, it's this one, Holly? No, I did not. Okay, well, that's the I, should, I should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have. I'll be like, Brian, we don't have to wait a decade. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was pretty impressed. Ooh, with hours. I, I guess my problem with Inglorious Bastards is it's just taking spaghetti western music and putting yeah, it in a yeah, movie. Yeah, and maybe right I'm now. not explaining this correctly. The soundtrack, I don't have any problem with it. The music selection for this film, don't have any problem with it. It's great. What I'm trying to say is he does not pace his shot and the way the characters are really kind of 
propelling totally forward. Disagree. Totally disagree. The way I'll he give does you an it with other music movie is when oh, Brad Pitt comes. One. Brad Pitt when he comes back from his uh, uh, um, daydream with uh, Bruce Lee. Right? How does that scene get tied together with Sharon Tate playing a record? Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right before music ties these people together. It is in the forefront yeah, of I everything. Totally, yeah, I'm. I'm I don't know. It's it's it, it, it doesn't it's, it doesn't pace for the cuts the same way he uses all those other. If we're gonna go back I, into I, I another think, movie that that the radio also plays into, it, yeah. or music, it, then I think we'd have to go all the way back to like Reservoir Dogs, man, or something. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, even with that one, like you know the the way you know uh, stuck in the middle with you when that started, it, it it the whole the whole scene was paced around that song, and with these, it feels like okay. We did scene one, scene two. We timed together. And we put more, the song underneath mean, it. More music. Yeah, see, I, 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 I disagree. I think he's totally using the music as a like. Music was very important back then, and it was the soundtrack of that time. And yeah, I totally think he was using it as a character and build world building element. Yeah, I think it's the same thing as like why he's showing those like long sections of the TV shows and the movies that Cliff and. Uh, Rick are doing. Yeah. Well, it's also a very economic and cheap way of and you uh, said he had, not recreating had the whole thing. some of these songs covered and redone? Well, no, he uses like 60s covers, you know, of like songs, like California Dreaming. It's not, the, I don't know what band that is that's on the soundtrack. It's some off the wall 60s band that I've never heard of. I, you guys may have, but I'm not a music aficionado. Just the movies. And that's plenty. Hey, Brian. It's the time to rate this bitch. <laughs> Jared, when you ask, it is time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wait, guys. That's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> what are we writing this thing? Uh, Let's go around the room. I'll start. I'm going to give it an eight. That's safe. Yeah, it's very safe. <laughs> it may go up by the time you guys are done. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's pretty high, no, I think it, I think it's very high. I mean, yeah. like, it's not my favorite Tarantino movie. I think it's a very entertaining movie. Uh, I... I'm going to go watch it again in a theater. I think this is something you need to see in a theater with a crowd. Um, it's, I don't know, every, every Tarantino movie is kind of an event, you know? And, yeah, uh, I agree with I that. I mean, so, you know, it's it, it didn't disappoint me. I think it's great. You're right about needing to see it in, in the theater with a yeah, crowd. Yeah, this is a theater movie with the crowd. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, so. All right, which way are we going? Benson? Wahid? Who's going? You gotta, you gotta do it like you're taking a uh, tire off. You gotta go catty corner, so... Uh, which, that, that'd be you, but you know. I'm yeah, yeah, go you, Brian. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it a nine point five. Whoa! Damn! I thought it was really good. Guys. Almost perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, you know, it may be perfect. Um, I'm just not understanding like exactly how all the characters are connected, and maybe I'm looking too much into the movie and just need no, to like, let like it I'm, wash over me. I feel like I'm missing something thematically that I haven't quite connected yet. Right, okay, okay, all right. I'm, I'm glad I'm not like overthinking it, or maybe I'm just I'm just stupid. I'm not as smart as Tarantino, but he's been living with this with, like, what, he was writing this for, like, fucking five years, so... Yeah, we, we didn't bring up that he's, he's on the poster. Oh, he, my He loves this movie God, so much that he put himself poster. on the fucking poster. Yeah, yeah. And he did say, like, this was his version of, like, Roma, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. It's a personal film for him. Yeah, but you I know, can see it. 
Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, but dude, you know, fucking. At least put yourself. Quran didn't it. fucking put his fucking face on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if it had one of those little starbursts, and it's got and, like and, it's and, like it's like a Quentin yeah. Tarantino film. He's got a little like. <laughs> and, and it would have been one thing. That, that would have been like, hilarious. And like, listen, you know, it's like a brand. It, if it was if it was Pulp Fiction, I get it. He was in the film, right? Like Newman's own spaghetti it, sauce. It, He's got that fucking face. It, this is the first film he was not even uh, cameoed in. Right, like if you want to be on the poster, it. just do a little starburst with your face. Yeah, there you go. Like, <laughs> hey, oh my gosh. Quentin oh. Tarantino approved. Drew please work on that now. <laughs> Newman's own with Tarantino's face. Yeah, I'm going to go 8.59. 8.59. Yeah. All right, it's very specific. Actually, I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think this is probably a mature step forward. Honestly, this is the first movie he's made in a while that makes me excited to see what he's going to do next. Yeah. Kill Bill 3. <laughs> oh, man, I hope <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> I really, I've watched those Kill Bill movies, dude, and you know what? Outside of Death Proof, those are my least favorite. I don't, I don't, I'm not, not a fan. Not a fan. I'm with you on that. Go, man, going back and rewatching those, those do not. I haven't seen it since the theater. Oh man, dude, no fucking. My name is Buck, and I'm here to fuck. You need to watch that again, man. It's a fucking Kill Bill's the pussy wagon. Piece, man. It's yeah. fucking awesome. That's his, you know, first homage um, to Bruce Lee with the whole um, yellow suit. And yeah. he brought him in this one, Kato. Kato. Game of Death, baby. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, so 8.59 or 8.5 to 9. Is that what you rated it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just like, because when you're like eight. that specific, I, I was just thinking like 8.59. Yeah, 8.59. Man. <laughs> That's it. Really it's it's like an 8.6. <laughs> no, not point zero one. man. Makes a big fucking difference. I mean, I would say like, I mean, there's some stuff I, you know, I could complain about, so I could drop it down to like an 8 or an 8.5, but at the same time, I, re- I really like seeing Tarantino tell character story yeah i feel like he's kind of gotten so used to just being tarantino and Mm -hmm. doing hey look how outrageous i can be and how tarantino-ish i can be that it was really cool to see like personal stories and characters really flushed out he was holding it back all the way to the end until he just couldn't hold it anymore. It's like, ah! And then he just went off Tarantino, yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it, because, like, Django Unchained and Glorious Bastards, they feel like... Uh, Tarantino movies. Like, complete homages to a genre where this movie has its homages in the genre in those TV and movie sections that we get. Right. And then everything else kind of... When it's, when it's in it the feels, real world, it feels better, yeah. It's real world. Yeah, you see, well said. Very to, to me, to me, all the other films he made you go like, he made you feel like I'm way smarter than you as a filmmaker because I know about all these homages and you have to go find the nest egg for it. Right. With this one, I'm like, ah, he's showing you all that shit right here. It's like I don't know. So it's a seven for me. You, you need Ooh. Stardust in your life. You uh, Stardust Video man. Store. Uh, the Tarantino movie used to come out. They'd put all the videos up that were <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Actually, like, like this is why he it's did it. For the reason you're giving, like go seven, is why I'm going higher. Is I appreciate, like, because I mean I get, you know, hey, we're gonna pay homage, but come on, like, it was more of at some point. It it was a celebration. I I will give you this. It was more of a celebration this time than just an homage. It was it was more like you know, like 
again, it 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 was a prestige to it. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's different than let me take this scene and rework it with my characters to make it fit for that scene. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely on that. But I don't know, man. He he's such a big influence for my fucking life and who I am and all that shit that compared to what I grew up with. I, I think this is me becoming the Rick character. I'm about to hit the Middle Ages. Right. Like compared to what I grew up with, this is not what I wanted. But, you know, who the fuck am I? I'm, I'm going to give it a 7 now, but like Brian said, I'll probably watch it one more time and be like, this is my favorite fucking Tarantino film. It might not be what you wanted, but it may be what you needed. Exactly. That's what you deserved, bitch. Yeah, that's what you deserve. <laughs> All right, guys, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at moviecrewpod. And uh, you can subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Tuned In, Spotify, all that wonderful stuff. Benson. Where can audience follow you, good sir? Good luck. Um, <laughs> at J. Edward Benson. <laughs> That's J. A. Y. Edward Benson on Twitter. J- Jared, the Jared, mock account makes a comeback. Jared is the grandma that makes sure everyone's got their dues done right. <laughs> <laughs> and Jared, where can they follow you? You can find me on Instagram at Check the Gate and on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. Wahid. Uh, everything WA Films WAFilms.com all that shit and you guys can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits and tonight we're going to be closing out the show with track number one from the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack titled Treat or Right performed by Roy Head and the Traits also we'll be playing Miss Lily Tandry it's a cue from the film The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean. It's composed by Martrice Jar, who is the composer for Lawrence of Arabia. The best score ever, in my opinion. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, my man. All right. Tell you a story Every man ought to know If you want a little loving You gotta start real slow She's gonna love you tonight now If you just treat her right now Oh, squeeze her real gentle Gotta make her feel good Tell her that you love her Like you know you should Cause if you don't treat her right She won't love you tonight If you practice my method Just as hard as you can You're gonna get a reputation As a loving man And you'll be glad every night That you treated her right